Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Dr. Kat, host of the Mom and Mind podcast, where we cover everything related to your mental wellness in pregnancy, loss, birth, and postpartum. It's more than just postpartum depression. I interview experts in the field, and we get to hear real stories of healing from courageous moms and dads. We know that you are not alone on this journey, and now you can know that too. Listen in to Mom and Mind wherever you listen to podcasts, on the Pod Network, or at momandmind.com. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're so happy you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the Doing at Home community, supporting us, whether this is your first episode or you've been listening since the beginning. You are awesome. Yes, you are awesome. We have a birth story for you today. I'm really excited to bring it to you. Um, Real quick, all the ways you can connect with us, all the ways you can support the show, keep it running um, so that we can keep bringing you these amazing birth stories and essentially keep the lights on for the podcast. You can do so by going to our shop, our Doing It at Home store. So there's a link in today's show notes as well as from our website, diahpodcast.com. You can click the shop link there and check out the really cool shirt. Um, it's so exciting to see all of you uh, tagging us in your posts and your stories when you get them, receive them, or when you gift them to someone. So of course, awesome way to rep your doing it at home pride. Um, if you are a DIAH mama or you have a birth junkie friend or your midwife or doula or fellow birth worker, great for them as well. And uh, of course, how you can listen to the show Parents On Demand Network. That is the network that we are a part of where you can check us out. You can go to their website, parentsondemand.com or the app in iOS or uh, Google Play, Android. So Parents On Demand, the pod network and all of the social medias. So our Instagram account, I have links to our Instagram and our Facebook and our private Facebook group in the show notes for today. So go check that out. 
All right, we are chatting with Kayla Adkins today about her birth stories, so multiple stories. And what's really great about this episode is there's so many different perspectives and things that you can get from it depending on where you're at in your birthing journey Um, because Kayla has a hospital experience with epidural, a precipitous hospital birth, and then a home birth. So we chat about those and then also the inspiration in the midst of all of those experiences to move towards birth work herself and to now be working with who was her midwife and is now serving as her assistant. So this is great for a wide range of perspective on birth experiences right? And then for any of you who might have felt that calling, that pull towards birth work, whether it was your own birth that inspired that or witnessing or being a part of someone else's, it's um, really cool. And I appreciate Kayla sharing all of that with us. So it's an amazing conversation. I know you're going to love it. Here it is. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Kayla. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, love? Hi, I am great. I'm super excited to be here and to share my stories. We're very excited to hear your stories. So thanks again for joining us. Awesome. I just have to note, because I know other mamas out there listening can relate when they either need to get their alone time or get anything done, I just want to acknowledge you and appreciate you for hiding out in your van right now with the heat on so that you can be with us while your husband manages the kiddos. So I just have to throw that out there because hashtag mom life. (laughs) Absolutely. I am sitting in my van in my driveway watching cars go by. Um, I actually even backed out of the garage, so they would actually think I was going. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yes. But uh, it's awesome. This is an awesome opportunity. Great. So why don't you share with us a little bit more about that crazy, awesome family of yours that you're hiding out from right now? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I'm Kayla. I am 29 years old, and I will be... 30, the 28th of this month, so I turn 30 soon. I am a wife to Joshua. Um, We've been married eight years this July. We have three amazing children. We have Silas, who is five, and Jensen, who is three, and Goldie, who will be two in May, and I've lost track of the months of how old she is. Um, And my husband often jokes, he's like, we have triplets. Like, we, we, I feel like we have triplets. (laughs) So, no, they're awesome. We're a super close-knit family. My husband has an awesome opportunity that he works from home, Mm. and I'm a stay-at-home parent, so we're together a lot, and we love it. So, but, yes, to get away, I kind of have to sneak out of the house. I get it. I get it. That's beautiful. And, you know, I... 
I love, you know, what we're going to get into as far as your perspective on not only your own births, but being in the birth world as well. So we're going to get into that. But why don't you kind of start the journey here, if you will, with um, some of your own thoughts about birth, maybe before getting pregnant and what you thought for yourself when you would have children? What were some of those ideas or plans that you had in mind? Yeah, so um, it's actually super interesting. Um, when I was like growing up in school and even through college, uh, so my major was fashion merchandising, and I thought I was just going to do awesome things with that and travel the world. And um, I, children were not even really anything that I even thought about or would even really be in my future. Um, and I met my husband and things changed. Um, we got married and I moved back to actually where I'm from in Ohio, which is one thing I said I would never do, but <laughs> of course, never say never. Um, so yeah, I moved back and we got married and we actually do missions work in Haiti. And so we were over there and I fell in love with Josh and like my whole just, uh, attitude changed about, um, life and marriage and, and all of that. But still, even when we got married, I, I used to say like blindly, uh, I didn't want children. And, you know, there was plenty of children around the world who needed parents and we would just be their parents. And, um, I think it was maybe a year into our marriage. I don't know. I must've just said this a lot, not even really thinking of like the weight that it carries. And then one day, you know, my husband just looked at me and he was like, you know, like, that's not, it's not just your decision. That's mm -hmm. our decision, you know? And I, it just kind of like checked me. I really hadn't even thought about that. And I know that might sound silly, but, um, and then, so I just started, I prayed a lot. Um, we are, we're both over a Christian family and our faith is, um, everything to us. That's what leads us and guides us. And so I just started to pray a lot. Like, God, if this is your will for us to have children, please like give me the desire to, to want that. And so slowly but surely, you know, it started to come around, and I um, was on birth control forever, and, and then I came off birth control, and we thought forever, we thought that it would take forever to get pregnant, and then sure enough, the first time we tried, we got pregnant. Mm. So it kind of was this big, like, I, I never thought that I wanted kids, and then I really wanted kids, and then I was nervous um, to have children, but, but we got pregnant pretty easily. We were very, very blessed, so we got pregnant with our first son, Silas. And I don't know if you just want me to use that to kind of lead in to talk a little bit about his birth before moving on or. Yeah, that'd be that great. Okay. Share a little bit about his birth. Okay. Yeah. So when I got pregnant with um, Silas, I was, how old was I? I don't remember, 23 or 24. Um, and I didn't know much at all. And so I have, I, I wrote this down because this little part is important. And I, I often look back and tell Josh now with everything that has transpired and the work that I do now, I'm like, you know, you started all of this. This is your fault. Because um, we were, we just went like the traditional route. We like called. I knew I wanted, the only two things I knew when I got pregnant was that I wanted to see the local midwife at our hospital. Like I knew I wanted to doctor with a midwife. And I knew I didn't want to be induced unless there was an absolute medical reason. And I don't even know where that came from. I just knew, like, that's the two things that were important to me. So we made the appointment here, and you have to, like, see a prenatal nurse and sit down and go over all of your history. So we were in that appointment. Um, she said, so are you planning to get the epidural at birth? And I was like, yes, absolutely, definitely getting the epidural. And my, I felt like my, my, I felt my husband like turn his head and kind of look at me. And I looked at him and I was like, what? And he was like, I don't know. Let's just maybe talk about it. And I was like, there is nothing to talk about. I'm, this is my body. I'm getting the epidural. <laughs> and he just was like, okay, but you know, I was like, all right, well, 
this to be continued, you know, so we didn't talk about it there. And so um, later, he just kind of shared with me his heart. And again, it was just something that I really didn't think about or wasn't considering. And he just said, I just really have kind of always thought it was a need and really just believed in the in the, the woman's body to do what it was made to do. So, you know, maybe we should look more into not doing that. And I was like, oh, really? And honestly, that was that was truthfully like the first time that was ever brought to my attention, me being a woman, um, and that planted the seed in me to think about that. And he, he would have been fine with whatever I chose. He wasn't telling me that's what I had to do. He was just sharing, like, his heart and how he felt about it. And he also has a nursing background, and he was an LPN for several years. And I think that he experienced um, in nursing, there was a traumatic experience, I think, that he went through or um, was aware of through a friend that he worked with and it wasn't a it wasn't a good outcome at all so I think he always kind of like had that in the back of his mind and um so yeah that's what kind of stirred all of this I mean we took so we took a natural childbirth class we did um prenatal yoga and we just had this plan that we were going to go in and we were going to try for an unmedicated birth at the hospital so I thought for sure I'd be pregnant forever with Silas because I was a first-time mom and so I thought I'd be pregnant for like 45 weeks but my water broke at 37 weeks and five days, and I immediately went into labor. And long story short, we went to the hospital, and I got there and just panicked and freaked out. I did not have a doula. Um, I wish that I would have, but I did not have a doula. And so I ended up getting the epidural about four hours after being there, and Silas was born like four hours later. So from start to finish, it was eight hours. So it was wow. a really short. Yeah, it was awesome. I I contracted completely on my own. I never had to have any intervention other than the epidural, and I pushed for like 30 minutes. So it was honestly, it was great. I couldn't have asked you know, that birth taught me so much. And I try now to teach moms or to help moms not carry so much guilt, even though, you know, that's natural too, but to take each birth as a learning experience. And so he taught me so much in, in that first birth of things that, okay, that I, I maybe would have done differently. But in that moment, like the epidural was the best thing for me because I could not just relax and let my body do what it needed to do. Um, and so, yeah, he was born and everything was perfect. And there was a part of me that felt like I did fail or, you know, I I didn't measure up. And so I, you know, I knew that we we knew we wanted multiple children. And so, so I got pregnant again when we nursed for 12 or 13 months. I don't know. I nursed until I got pregnant again because um, it was uncomfortable for me to continue nursing at that point. It was a personal preference. It wasn't, you know, I don't believe that there's a wrong or right way right way but for me I um, weaned Silas when I got pregnant with Jensen and I actually found out I was pregnant with Jensen on Christmas day mm. because I was nursed I was like a I was a basket case on Christmas day and I was angry and people were making me mad and I was like what is wrong with me and I sat down in Silas's room to nurse him and my breast started hurting and I was like uh... oh god <laughs> And I immediately went and took a pregnancy test, and I was pregnant. Mm. Wow. So, I, yeah, it was, it was, we were trying. It wasn't really a surprise, but um, just, you know, even in the moment, you're like, oh, crap, am I pregnant? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we found out I was pregnant with Jensen. I weaned Silas, and um, I've had really good pregnancies. I really can't complain, just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of morning sickness, but nothing that... Um, 
I go to church with several women who have had really, really rough pregnancies. And so I always kind of find myself like hiding in the corner, like not wanting to talk about like how good my pregnancies are almost because they're like, oh, whatever. Um, no, so I got pregnant with Jensen and we were, and I was unsure at this point of what I wanted to do. I don't know where it came from, you know, but I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm just going to get the epidural and it's fine. I don't, you know, it's fine. I don't have to want anything else. This is okay. But deep down, like, I knew I didn't really mean that. And I went through, like, this emotional part of it, like, of even allowing myself to be okay with still wanting to try for a natural or unmedicated childbirth. Um, And so we, it took me a while to just say that, like, no, like, I, like, nothing has changed. I still believe in that. I still want that. And it is okay to desire that and to try again. So, um, I hired the doula that I wish I would have hired with my first, and I did prenatal yoga again during that pregnancy. We toured a local, uh, not really local, it's like an hour and a half away birthing center, Um, because we were just looking, and I had a great experience at the hospital as far as, like, I was treated very well, but... um, our local hospital is just not super natural childbirth friendly and there's just a ton of protocols and things that you have to do that like, I just have had this mindset of birthing like I just want to be left alone like that's really just been my whole mind like I just want to be left alone unless I don't need to be left alone um, and that's just not achievable in our hospitals in our area. Um, is what I've come to the conclusion. So we toured this birthing center, but um, it was still very much so like a home birth. And to me, that was okay. But Josh still wasn't quite, I don't know, he wasn't comfortable with it when we toured it, which it all makes sense like later down the road. Like I am a firm believer that birth happens as it should and in the long run. And so looking back, now that I know about Jensen's birth, I know why we weren't attracted or pulled towards that birthing center. Mm. So my, my pregnancy was great. It was, you know, uneventful. And I was so sure, though, that I would have him before 37 weeks and five days because I had silent, you know, I just thought right. I'd keep having them earlier and earlier, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when I went past that, I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm going to be pregnant forever. <laughs> but I <laughs> but I, I, only went to 38 weeks and three days. And so I had him on a Wednesday. And what's super cool about this pregnancy, like I said, we go to a fairly large church in our area. And, like, so throughout my whole pregnancy, I would think, like, I wonder – like, how cool would it be, like, during praise and worship, I'd be like, I wonder if I'm going to go into labor, like, at church. It would be crazy if I was just standing here and my water broke. Um, and I don't know. These are just thoughts that I would always think. And so on a Monday and Tuesday, before I actually did go into labor, like, I knew I was in early labor. And even and even at my yoga class on Monday, my doula was like, Kayla, <laughs> uh, don't go into labor here on me. You just seem super relaxed and different tonight. And she was right. Like, I knew it was getting close. And so, but Monday, my son, my oldest son, Silas, we thought he had hurt his leg. And so I made him an appointment Tuesday. And I just talked to my son who was in my belly, Jensen. Like, I need you to wait. Just please wait until I know that your brother's okay. Um, I had a full day of appointments on Tuesday, like an hour and a half from where we live. We live, we live in a super small town. So, like, anything is pretty far away. So, hour, hour and a half is completely normal for us. And so um, I asked him to please wait. So I took Silas and my mother-in-law was with me on Tuesday. We were just running some errands. I, and 
Silas was like, it was fine. But he, we found out, like, he needed special shoes. So we were at this shoe store. This happened two times on Tuesday. Um, and this lady, I went to the bathroom and came back. I obviously was huge pregnant. I'm I'm super short. I'm, like, five five one, So I'm very petite, and I just look like I literally could have my baby at any second yeah. at the end of my pregnancy. <laughs> and so um, I came out from the bathroom, and she was like, are you okay? Did your water break? Oh, wow. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Like, I feel like I would know that. It was just a completely random stranger asked me this. So I was like, what a weird question to ask. Um, and I was like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. But I knew I was having contractions and stuff. But I just kind of have that mindset of, like, I'm, I just keep going until you can't go anymore. Like, I don't give it any attention. You know, I still rest if I feel like I need to rest. Just listen to my body. But um, I just try to not give it any attention until I have to give it attention. That's kind of, like, my mindset when it comes to my labors. Um, and so and then we went to a furniture store, and I went to the bathroom and came back out, which is very common at 38 weeks pregnant. And uh, this lady stopped me, and she was like, honey, are you okay? Are you in labor? And I was like, why are people keep asking me this? Huh. Uh, and I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And so we came home. Everything was fine. We went to church the next evening. And I, like I said, I knew I was having contractions, but um, I took my son, Silas, to drop him off at the nursery. And I sat down, sat down on this little bench thing. And um, he, I felt a pretty good contraction. Like it was one that was like, oh, that's, that's one that got my attention a little bit. And I felt my water break or I felt like a pop at the end of that contraction and I don't know if I said this in my first but my water broke sending me into labor with stylus as well so um which I guess is not the most common thing so mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, I'm like the lower surprise statistic of that I guess but mm-hmm. so I felt this pop but I didn't feel any water gush out with stylus it was kind of like the movie star gush thing so um I didn't feel anything and so I just kind of sat there like not wanting to get up because I was in the nursery at my church with a ton of kids. And so, but when I stood up, I felt it start trickling down my leg. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Internally, I was like, wow, my water broke at church. Okay. So my sister was with me and she was going to be in charge of like my oldest son when I did go into labor. Um, and so I just whispered to her, like, listen, please don't freak out. Like, please don't freak out. I, my water broke. I just going to give you Silas. I'm going to go get Josh. Because our our plan for this was we were going to do a hospital birth, but we were going to labor at home as long as Mm. possible with our doula and then go to the hospital later. So she took him. And then I remember I told, like, one of the, um, one of the, a close friend of mine at church, and she's also kind of like a mother figure of the church. And I said, listen, her name was Lisa. I was like, I need you. Please don't freak out. But you'll want to clean that up. That's my amniotic fluid. My water's breaking. (laughs) She was like, what? And I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. So I went into the church hallway, and I, again, like, I don't know. This was my mindset. But, like, the most of the church is, like, hardwood floors or, like, concrete. But the sanctuary is carpet. And Josh was sitting in the front row, and I thought, well, I can't go in there. I'm going to get this all over the carpet. Um, so my friend Mallory was sitting at one of the tables, and I was like, Mallory. And obviously, like, I was trying to be calm because I knew I just wanted to go home. But this is not a common occurrence, especially mm-hmm. at our church. So when I keep telling people, hey, my water broke, everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Your water broke? So I told her, and she goes in and gets Josh. And anyway, they come out. And this is a funny, this is a funny part of it. My pastor is a very close friend of ours. And he um, was coming out at the same time that Josh was coming. And Josh must have told him. And so his name's Jason. And he chases me through the 
Wait, he was like, where is it at? Um, and he has four children, but he was like, I have four children. I've never seen water hit the floor. Where is oh it at? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was great. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was great. It was so fun. But I was like, well, I'm wearing a skirt, and it's actually just trickling down my leg, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but we're going we're gonna to go home. He wanted to so see the puddle. So we left. Yeah. And <laughs> Yes, he did. He wanted to see, like, all of it, which was fun. And so it was just, it's like God's sense of humor, because I had, like, this big plan to be super private. We were going to labor at home. No one was going to know that we were in labor, and we're just going to, you know, be super chill. And, like, the moment my water broke, like, 400 people knew that I was in labor. Right, so it was, right. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So anyway, I called my doula on the way home, and I let her know, and she was like, you know, just go home, try to rest, take a dinner or no, I don't think she said take a Benadryl at this point. She said, if you want to have a glass of wine and you know, these things can take a while. But I started contracting really quick, just like I did with Silas. And I knew like in my heart, it wasn't going to take that long. Um, so we came home and called her back really soon after. And she listened to me through a couple contractions and was like, okay. And her super sweet, amazing, calm voice was like, um, so I think you guys should go to the hospital. Um, and I'll meet you there. Sometimes these things happen really fast. <clears throat> I was like, okay. So we go back to the hospital. I thought for sure I was going to have him in the car. Um, and the check-in process at our hospital is just awful. And honestly, it is one of the biggest reasons I decided to not birth there in the future. Mm. Because you have, like like I said, they're just not really used to women in natural, coming in, not being induced, and in natural, you know, wanting natural childbirth. And so to check in at our hospital, you literally go in through the emergency room, which is common in a lot of hospitals, but here you have to stop in the emergency room in active labor and check in. Like, so if someone was there with the flu, I'm checking in with them. Oh, I have boy. to sit down, tell them my name, my address, do I smell all of this stuff that they have, that they should have. You have to do all of this before you're sent up to the OB floor. And this is all, and both of my labors at the hospital was a huge huge hiccup for me. I hated it um, because I always went in in pretty active labor. So it was like the last thing I wanted to do. And so we had to go through that awful process again. And little did I know though, and I will, I could go and this birth was amazing and it gave me so much power, but I know I kind of have to hurry, but um, we get up to the floor and I just tell the nurse, I'm like, I just want to be left alone. Please stop talking. Just, you know, <laughs> and they were, they were amazing, but mm -hmm. that's just not how it is. Like they have protocols. They have to do this, this, and this. And even though I'm like, no, I'm not getting an IV. No, I, I don't want, I want intermittent monitoring. I, I don't want, um, you know, I don't want all of these things. I'm still having to advocate and like fight kind of and say these things. And I, was respected and all of that. And I was on all fours in the bathroom. Like, I'm not getting up, just leave me alone. Um, but it was still just like those type of things is what eventually led me to home birth. Like I was never treated unfairly. I was never, um, interventions were never done to me that I wasn't uh, aware of or anything like that. Everything I wanted was done, but it was still just like the fact that I couldn't just like, I just wanted to go in and birth my baby. Um, and so the, the midwife who was actually on call, which that's a blessing, both of my hospital births, the midwives were on call, which was amazing. And um, she came in and she immediately realized, like, what I was wanting. And she just told the nurses, like, you guys can go. I'm going to stay with her. And it was such 
Like it was exactly what I needed. She did counter pressure for me. I said, I'd really like to get in the shower. And um, she was like, well, let me check you. So long story short, I was only at the hospital an hour and probably in the labor and delivery room for 30 to 40 minutes before Jensen was born. So from beginning to end, yeah, from beginning to end, my water broke at 730 and he was born at 10 o'clock. All of this was two and a half hours and he was here with us. So it was super fast super intense, but, um, and, and I panicked there and I was like, I want the epidural. I want the epidural. Um, but m- the midwife really helped me work through that. And God knew what he was doing too. Cause there wouldn't have been time. And I think the anesthesiologist was like not available anyway for me. So she helped me walk through it. And I, I do want to share this one part cause I'm a sucker for birth stories. I feel like in all birth stories, there's like that one pivotal moment or that one line or even just a few words that someone says to the mother that like gets her through it. And it mm-hmm. makes me cry every single time, every single time I cry in this, in those moments, like when I hear those moments. And for me, this was super powerful. Her name was Becky Honaker and she stayed um, with me and they came in with the epidural paperwork and they're like, here, you have to sign this. And I knew I didn't want it. And I said, Becky, is this going to get worse? Because she had checked me, I was nine centimeters, and she was like, I'd really like you to stay here and not get in the shower. And I understood that because they didn't have, like, a water, like, you couldn't birth in the water or anything there. Um, I said, is this going to get worse? And she said, it might get a little worse. And I said, do you think that I can do it? See, and I get emotional. <laughs> I said, do you think that I can do it? And she said, I, I, do, I know that you can do it because you are doing it. And just that little sentence was like all that I needed. And I was like, okay, I don't want the epidural. You guys can go away with that paperwork. And she said, you're doing great. Just please, you'll just tell me when he's coming. And I was like, how do I know? You know, and she said, you'll know. And sure enough, I mean, it had to be no less than 10 minutes later. I was like, oh, he's definitely coming. He's coming right now. Um, And I experienced the fetal ejection reflex with him. And I had read a lot about that. And with Silas, I pushed for 30 minutes. But with Jensen, I truly did not. I did not push. Um, and I think it's cool. I've done a little bit of studying about that, um, like with what um, the birth work that I do now. And a lot of animals in the wild experience the fetal ejection reflex if they um, feel like that they or their baby is in danger mm-hmm. or if they feel like there's a reason, like they need to get this birth over with fast. Right. And I... I, I never felt like I was in danger in the hospital. I don't want to make it seem like that. But I thought it was super cool, though, that, like, my body um, kind of recognized, like, what was going on. And, and it didn't feel not in danger, but it didn't feel natural to my body and what it was trying to do. And I do feel like my body was like, we've got to get this baby out and get this baby to, you know, his mother. So all of this unnecessariness can end. And I just thought that was that was pretty cool for that birth. And they were like, stop pushing. I was like, I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing. (laughs) But he came and he was here. He was perfect. My doula, I forgot to mention, (laughs) bless her heart. She literally walked in when his head was being born Uh, Uh, because it happened so fast. She Mm. missed most of it, but it gave me so much peace knowing that she, even that she was coming, gave Mm -hmm. me peace. Like knowing that she was on the way gave me a lot of peace that I didn't have my first birth. Mm -hmm. So, um, so his fast, his birth was super, super fast. And I'll talk more about like a little bit about that later, but it was really intense and very, very overwhelming. And I almost felt like all of the preparing that I did was, um, 
kind of thrown out the window. And with a birth, like, and I've heard other mothers who have really quick births like this say the same thing. You're kind of just like in survival mode, like what the heck is happening? Um, and that's definitely how I felt. And so, you know, we have all of these natural hormones that help us during birth, that help us with um, pain and the endorphins and all of that. And your body is just amazing and awesome. And I have never been high in my entire life. Like, I've never used drugs to make myself get high. So I had never had this feeling before. But after I had Jensen, I, this is how I um, take it. <laughs> like, all of those hormones that were supposed to help you during labor, like, it happened so quick that I felt like I just had a big hormone dump after he was mm. born. And I was definitely high. Wow. I was laying there and I felt amazing. Like, I was just like, oh, like my doula and my husband – I was holding Jensen and loving on him, but they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I am, I am so okay. Like, <laughs> I'm really okay right now. But it was just, it was a, it was a really weird feeling, but that makes more sense to me now. As I do think I just have like this huge hormonal dump at the end of it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, kind of like in shock. Uh, Cause I was shaking at the same time as feeling like, wow, you know? Yeah. So his, his birth gave me power. And I remember my husband was like my biggest cheerleader right after he was born. Cause we were all kind of running on adrenaline because of how fast it was it happened. And I remember like, he was like jumping and like cheering for me. He was like, you did it. You did it, babe. <laughs> he was super happy and excited. And then he went on to eat like two trays of hospital food. <laughs> we were all just, um, it was awesome. It was a great experience. But as soon as I had, Jensen, as soon as I had him, I knew that if I had another child, I wanted a home birth. Um, I don't know why it happened like that for me, like why I feel like felt like I needed to experience it in a hospital first before I felt comfortable doing a home birth. But I've heard, I have heard of several mothers who have kind of felt the same way. Um, and so when we got pregnant with Goldie, I, um, well, before I got pregnant with Goldie, I had after I had Jensen, I thought I wanted to be a doula, and I enrolled into, like, an online doula course, and I loved it. I attended some of my friends' births um, as a doula, and but I just, I don't know. I wasn't sure that that was the fit for me. I knew I wanted to be in birth work. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kind of took a step back from that, still attending my friends' birth. Like, if they ask me to be there, I'm, like, answering questions. And, you know, just being there kind of like, you know, everyone's like, oh, just ask Kayla. She has, you know, she can help this and that. So. I knew I wanted to do birth work at that point. I just wasn't sure where that was going to fit in. And so we were, you know, thinking about an idea of having another child. And my son, Silas, before we were ever pregnant, told me he was going to have a sister. And I was Aww. like, oh, you are? Okay. And he said, yeah. He just, we were in our bedroom, and me and my husband just kind of looked at each other because we were entertaining the thought of having, you know, getting ready to try for our third child. And Silas bowed his little head, and he said a little prayer after he told us that. And he said, God, please help me have a little sister. Amen. And I was like, oh, my gosh, God, now you really have to give him a little sister. <laughs> um, it was pretty awesome. And so we did go on, and, and we got pregnant. We've been very... Um, We've been very blessed as far as that. Each time we've tried, mm -hmm. we've gotten pregnant, and we've had really amazing pregnancies, and I don't, I do not take that for granted. Mm -hmm. um, and so this whole time I was, and my pregnancy was pretty different with Goldie, and I was pretty sure I was having a girl, um, but I obviously wasn't sure, you know, 100% sure, but we did find out the gender of all of our children because, I forgot to mention, this is pretty cool too, my mom 
is a, um, she did ultrasound um, and x-ray in hospitals for like a long time, over 20 some years. That's what she did as a career. And now she teaches the program at a local university at where we're from. Mm. So she has done all of my ultrasounds, all of my gender oh. ultrasounds. And she, yeah, it's been really special. She's known what my children were before I did every single time. That's cool. um, and so, yeah, it's really cool and special. So she has like this portable machine too. And so she did my ultrasound with Goldie right here at our house on our living room couch and immediately we were like oh my gosh like I know what a boy ultrasound looks like and this is not a boy ultrasound so we were like it is a girl we are having a girl wow so we found out it was a girl she was a girl and we were super excited and from the beginning of my pregnancy this is kind of where I wanted to talk about um, I was super like I knew that I wanted a home birth but I didn't want to like I didn't want so after I had Jensen, I, even after I had him, I called local midwives in our area and just had discussions with them. I started super early before I was ever pregnant um, looking for a midwife and trying to figure out what was going to be doable for us and prices and stuff like that. And I had such a short labor with Jensen. I was wanting to try to find one like close to me, you know, because I was terrified that I would I, in the beginning of it all, I was terrified to have be here by myself and not sure. have anyone here when we had a baby. Mm-hmm. So I talked to several midwives before I was pregnant. And then when I did get pregnant, um, I talked to some again. And, and they were all amazing. Um, none of them were, you know, there was nothing wrong with any of the ones that I talked to. But there was always maybe just something said in the conversation or some way I felt about how the conversation went that it just wasn't like that for sure, this is my midwife, this is what I'm doing. And so I did, I saw um, my midwife at the same hospital in the beginning of my pregnancy, just until I figured out like what I was going to do. And I spent a lot of time in prayer about it. And I kind of thought, like, am I having trouble finding the right midwife? Because maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a home birth. And so I just had a lot of honest conversations with God, like, this is what I want, and this is my heart's desire. But if for some reason I'm not meant to have a home birth, if you see something in the future that you know it's best for me to be in a hospital, whatever it is, like, I'm open to whatever it is that you want. You know, I'm surrendering this to you, but this is my heart. So if this is okay with you, like, help me work this out. So like I said, I talked to a few different midwives, and I found one that I actually really did like. Um, The other ones that I'd spoken with were an hour and a half away, or they were an hour away, and that made me really uncomfortable. So I found one that I really liked, and then her mother became ill, and she wasn't going to be available. She was going to be in Florida, and I thought, oh, my gosh, (laughs) what is going on? But she gave me such valuable information, and one thing she said with me really was kind of one of the determining factors that I was like, I'm having a home birth. Like, I'm doing this um, because money was tight for us at that time. My husband was laid off from work for a long time, and so money was a factor for us. And we had insurance that I could have went to the hospital and had a completely free birth. So I was carrying around this guilt of, like, is it worth it for me to put the money towards having a home birth when I could just go to the hospital and have a free birth? Like, I I felt guilty about that. A part of me did. So I was speaking with this midwife over the phone, and I was sharing that with her, And she said, I've had a lot of moms tell me the same thing that you're telling me. Um, 
that I want you to think about it like this. Like we will spend a lot of money on a home. We will spend a lot of money on a vehicle. Mm. You know, there are things in life that we'll spend money towards. And we look at like, she's like, you need to put this into perspective. Like, what are you paying for? This is one of the very, you know, few things in life that is absolutely worth putting your money towards. If you feeling safe, of you feeling, you know, empowered and you being able to birth the way that you want to birth, it is worth it and you should not feel guilty for putting money towards that. And that was just something that I needed to hear. I'm sure she worded it way more eloquent, like better than, than what I just said. But in that moment, it was really powerful and it's what I needed to hear. So um, we went on this. I was like, all right, babe, I, I think this is what – and Josh was always supportive. He was always just like, I support you. Whatever you want to do, um, I, I, I understand why you don't want to have another hospital birth. I've been there with you. I know what you mean, so I get it. Whatever you want to do, I support you, and which was amazing. And so I was on the search. I think it was like around 18 weeks, and I was in our local like health food store. It's called the Pharmacy Spells. It was like an F, and I frequent there. I love it. And so I was reading. I was looking at some of the books, and one of the workers just started talking to me, and she. Um, I was telling her like I was really wanting a home birth, but I was just still trying to find the right midwife and. She was like, here, I'll write some names down for you. And I was like, okay, that'd be great. And she, so she started writing down some names. Um, and the, and it's, I know this sounds crazy, but as soon as she wrote down my midwife's name is Erica Andrews. And when she started writing her phone number down, I was like, that's my midwife. I knew, mm. I didn't know anything about her. <sighs> I knew nothing about her, but I knew from the moment that she wrote that down, that is my midwife. And then she started writing the phone number, which was the same area code as mine, which means she's local and she's close. That's cool. So, yeah. So she wrote it down. I called and um, long story short, like I, and just speaking with her on the phone confirmed this is my midwife. She was one of the first midwives that was willing to like work with me on a payment plan um, and let, and like, um, even understanding that maybe if I didn't have it all paid by 37 weeks, we would work it out and it would be, it would be okay. And so I got, I was bawling on that phone conversation because so much, I just felt so much peace and so much assurance that this is what we were doing. And she was like, well, okay, let's set up a consultation. I was like, we don't need to do a consultation. You're my midwife. You're tired. Let's just, do this let's just set up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But like I had, spent so much time on the phone and praying you know, and on the phone with other midwives and praying a lot about this. Like I knew like this was the, this is what I was looking for. Like mm-hmm. this feeling, this assurance is 100%. This is my midwife. Mm-hmm. And that is not to say anything negative about any other midwife that I spoke with. Right. And that's why I want to empower and like encourage women. You have to find your midwife. There mm-hmm. is, you know, there's a your midwife for each woman out there and you don't have to settle just because, you know, you want to have a home birth and maybe there's not, and, and I hate, you know, some women actually do have to settle. They're in a, they're in an area that there may be one or two midwives that they have to pick from. Um, but I really encourage women now when I speak to them and, you know, interview different midwives, talk to different midwives, find the one that is the best fit for you and your family and the birth that you're wanting. Um, and so we, we set up, um, our appointments and we did, I was still going to do tandem care with my midwife at the hospital because I genuinely loved her as well. And it broke my heart to think of like not seeing her anymore. And I also knew it would be a lot easier just to get like the uh, 20 week anatomy scan that I 
that I usually got, um, just to or have that in place as well. So I did tandem care starting around 18 weeks or something, you know, something like that. And with the understanding, my midwife at the hospital knew at some point I would just not come anymore. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, so my pregnancy, again, was pretty uneventful. I was more sick with Goldie than I was, but um, I'm looking at my notes to make sure I didn't not talk about anything. But, yeah, <laughs> I I thought for sure that, again, I would have her earlier. Her due date was May 30th, and I told everyone we would have a baby by May 15th. Like, mm-hmm. I just knew we would. I know. So we, um, it was really pretty uneventful. And so the way my midwife works, we do office prenatals at her office. And then uh, at 37 weeks, we do a home visit. And she encourages, which I love this about her now and something we encourage now that we are together, um, at 37 weeks, we do home visits. And we encourage anyone who's going to be at the birth to be at the home visit. Nice. So at my, yeah, I love it. So at my home visit, my mother, my mother-in-law, I don't know if my sister was there or not. So my sister, this is funny too, because when it comes to the birth, and it was amazing how it worked out. She was going to be again in charge of my boys um, for the birth, whether that be them here or gone or the whole, but my whole pregnancy, I prayed that I would go into labor through the night and I would have Goldie and the boys would just wake up to their sister and it wouldn't be an issue of whether they needed to go or stay. Um, but Cassie was going to be in charge of them no matter how it happened. But I'm not sure if she was at the home visit. I really can't remember. But we had our home visit, and my mom comes from a medical background, and she loves me, and she supports me. She's always been amazing in doing so. But I knew, like, that she was a little nervous about the home birth. She was going to be there, and she was going to support me in any way that I needed her to, but I knew she was a little nervous. And so she got to ask those questions at our home visit um, and talk with Erica um, and with the other midwife who was going to be there as the assistant. She got to um, ask the questions that she wanted to ask and kind of help put her mind at ease, even though she was still nervous, but she felt better meeting them and being able to do that. And I think that's really important in the care that we give now is allowing them to be in that space to where they can, you know, the family members to meet the midwife and the assistant. So for one, like when we come to the birth in the middle of the night, sometimes it's not your, their first time meeting us like, oh, is this the midwife? Is this not? You know, just for that part of it, of meeting us and, and knowing who we are, but being able to ask questions and to be involved and to know, like, you know, if you, you know, a lot of moms or family members want to roll like what can I do in the birth to help you know something like that so my mom when she had us like was terrified of cords being around the neck because she was you know it was several years ago in this little rinky dink hospital and a cord around the neck I guess was like a big deal and it terrified her and it was just one little simple thing like that that you know Erica got to explain to her is it's honestly most of the time and majority of the time it's really it's never an issue we simply unwrap the cord and the baby is fine so you know just something as simple as that my mom got to be educated on um during that and it was just powerful i really enjoyed my home visit i enjoyed all the midwifery model of care all of the prenatal stuff was just so far from what i was used to it was amazing i loved it i had weeks of prodromal labor though and it was honestly it was tough. Um, there were times when I thought, for sure, this was it. Um, 
And then I wouldn't like, uh, like for sure, I was going to have to call Erica and tell her to come and we would message about it and it would start and it would stop. And I was like, I cannot do this. Like each pregnancy have become a little bit harder for me and my body. I felt things a lot sooner. Um, but you know, we just, we got through it. I have, like I said, I have an amazing support system, but there was a lot of pre, pre labor and false, false labor leading up to the, you know, to the real deal, I guess you would say. But yeah, so starting, um, yeah, my labor, my, my pregnancy was great. It really was. And I learned so much through it. And through all of this, this whole time I was thinking like, gosh, I really love Erica. (laughs) I, you know, I knew I wanted to be in birth work, but I didn't know what I was going to be doing. But in my heart, I would think like, it would be amazing if somehow I got to work with her. And I never voiced this though, like never voiced it. If it was going to happen, I'm someone who like, gets really excited about stuff and I kind of rush into things and sometimes mess it up. But with this, I knew I didn't want to do that. Like if it was ever going to be anything, I didn't want to rush it. And I just kind of wanted it to happen organically or how it was, you know, if it was going to happen, it was just going to have to happen. But, you know, the whole time I was like, oh man, i pray something comes of this and not that there was ever any inkling that it would. So um, for Goldie's birth story or for birthday, I'll go ahead and get started and get into that. I started showing signs of labor on a Thursday when I was losing bits and pieces of my mucus plug, which all of this was new to me as well. With my boys, my water just broke and I knew I was in labor. Um, so for her, it was different, and I was just so curious as to how this was going to happen. So on Thursday, I lost some of my mucus plug, and then Saturday, I was at this big event for this grand opening in this little store um, from where I'm from, and I was actually helping to work it, and I was having contractions that whole time, um, you know, on and off, but my motto is, like I said, I just keep going until I can't, uh, and so I can't really go anymore. So Mm -hmm. I went to the bathroom and I lost a little bit of bloody show while I was there. So I'm just keeping my midwife updated. And this was on Saturday. So I came home from that and I took a nap because I knew my body was telling me like I needed to rest. And so I came home, I took a nap, I got up and my mom came over and this was kind of like a weekly ritual thing from like 37 weeks on. My mom would come over, she would help me sweep and mop the floors, get all the laundry done because I mean, I was having a home birth. So I wanted my home to be right. clean as it could possibly be when it happened. I yeah. Get it. So it was amazing that she came over and helped me with that. So I took a nap and then she came over and we did that again. And my husband had been doing laundry all day, which was amazing. And he was helping me. Um, and that night before bed, I actually took a picture and I posted it to Instagram because my husband and Silas, um, Silas sleeps with us. Actually, Silas and Jensen sleep with us and Goldie is off and on. So we all sleep in the same room, but we were all getting ready for bed. And Silas and Josh gave me a foot massage. Mm. My feet were killing them. I had been on my feet all day. And it just felt, it was so sweet. It was so amazing. And there was a storm coming in that night, too. So I took a picture and I posted it to Instagram just about how amazing they were. And, um, and, and a friend of ours commented on it, and he was like, oh, easy. The night before our boys were born, I gave my wife a foot massage. Mm. You know, we just, like. We just kind of like laughed about it and went to sleep. Um, And so then at 2.30, I woke up with contractions and I knew like, okay, like they were keeping my attention. You know, I was like, okay, they woke me up, so I'll give them some attention. 
And so I laid there for a little bit, and then I got up out of bed. And this was at 39 weeks and five days as well. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. I went longer than I've ever went. And so I am, each pregnancy, I went longer each time, which I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be pregnant forever again. Um, but, yeah, so I got up out of bed, and I thought, you know what, I'll just put some pots of water on the stove. I'll hook up the the um, hose to the sink and just kind of get stuff ready just in case this is really it. And so I did that and the contractions were still coming. I wasn't timing them yet, but I knew that they were different than kind of what I had been feeling. But still, I had so much false labor. I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to see how this goes and hopefully go back to bed. So I went and got like 15 pillows and I was like, I'm just going to lay here on the couch and try to get some sleep. But I downloaded quickly this little contraction timer just so I could get an idea of how close they were. So I downloaded it, and I was like, I'll just time them for a little bit. And so I timed him. I think I timed like four or five of them. And this thing, this contraction thing, the timer that I downloaded was like, go to the hospital now. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know that I downloaded the one that was like telling you what to do or when to do it. So I was like, okay. So they are getting my attention. Mm. Um, and they're close together. So I worked. This, I, so that started around 2.30, and I think I woke Josh up around 3.30 or 4. So an hour and a half or so it went by. But, you know, when you're in labor, it didn't really seem, you don't really, I don't know, time is kind of different. Oh, yeah, what and is so, time? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, when I look, I thought I'd only been out there maybe 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, it's been an hour and a half. Okay. So I went in and I told Josh, I was like, will you get up with me and kind of help me decide? I was like, I'm feeling contractions, but... um. I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. And uh, he got up with me and I got into our bathtub, which is kind of like a, a ritual because that's what I did with Jensen too when mm. we got home from church. I just, I got in our bathtub and I always thought, if this is the real deal, it's not going to slow it down. So let's just see. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I got it, and I love being in water. So I got into the bathtub and quickly, like him, and like I think we timed just a few. I think I would come up around four, it was. And he was like, this is this is labor. I think we know by now this is labor, and this is not, you know, it's not what you've been experiencing for weeks. And so we just kind of had this moment. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> it makes me emotional. But we mm-hmm. just kind of had this moment where we looked at each other, and we knew, like, this was the day that we would be welcome, welcoming our daughter into our family. And we just spent some time together there. And around 4.30, I called. 
I called our birth team and I called my midwife, I called my sister, I called my mother-in-law and my mom, and I told them all that they could head this way, that I was in labor. And so we just kind of hung out in the living room, Josh and I did, laboring, and he would put some pressure on my back. And I did have this, um, I did have this, not fear, but I really did want my birth team to be there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want an unassisted birth. I knew if it happened, then it would be fine and it, we would deal with it. But that's not what I wanted. Right. And I, I remember looking back and I was like, I am not like squatting down. I'm not doing anything until Erica gets here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here and get through these contractions. Josh did set up the, he set up the birth pool and we did start filling it. Um, because I knew, like, I know my body pretty well, and I still knew, like, it didn't feel like Jensen's, like it was going to be, like, crazy fast and furious, but I still knew, like, we were already from 2.30 on showing a pretty good labor pattern to where they were growing in intensity and in strength, or in, um, in duration, so, um, so, yeah, my sister got here first, which is funny, because I think she came the farthest, I'm not sure, but she was coming from... 30 minutes away. It still wasn't far, but it's a funny factor about her. She made it known that she did not want to be at the birth. Like she did not want to be there. She would help with the boys, but she did not want to be at the birth. Um, but it just so happened, like my prayers were answered and I did go into labor in the middle of the night. So she was coming, whether she liked it or not. And she came and she was the first one here and she just said hello to me. And then she just went and crawled in bed with my boys, which mm-hmm. gave me like much needed peace that I needed mm-hmm. to just carry on in the labor and to let things happen. My mom came, my mother-in-law came, and then Erica came mm-hmm. and and then the assistant showed up later, I think, but... Um, as soon as Erica got there, I was like, can I please get into the tub? She was like, yes, of course. I was like, okay, I didn't want to get in or anything until like you got here. So I got in and it was the first time I've ever like labored in like a birth tub or been able to do so. Mm. And it was heaven. Mm. It was absolutely heaven. And I was like, I'm never getting out of here. Like this is it. I'm not, I am absolutely not getting out of here. Um, and my water still hadn't broken or anything, but I was just in there, and they were coming, and the contractions were coming nice and strong, and my midwife would listen every now and then, and my husband, it, this was what was so special. He got to just be there with me. Mm-hmm. In our previous births, he's had to worry about answering questions, trying to make sure I'm okay, but also talking to the nurses, and he's a people pleaser, so he didn't want to offend them or, like, just tell them, shut up, like, I really wanted him to, Um so for this birth, like, he literally just got to be right at my head, holding my hands. I got to lean on him through each contraction. He was just right there with me, and he had no other responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that was something that him or I, we nev- we had not got to experience before. And it was really special um, and something that I will never forget. And so he was right there with me through every single contraction. And I was hung up on the fact that my water hadn't broken and these contractions were coming good and strong. My mom was taking pictures with the iPhone and um, my midwife and the assistant were just there supporting me with counter pressure as I needed it. And I just, I remember asking Erica, like, why hasn't my water broke? And mm. she, you know, she's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, she doesn't know. I mean, she doesn't know. She can't really answer right. that. So she, you know, and <laughs> And then peacefully, she was just like, I don't know, you know, but everything's okay. You're safe. And um, she, so it, I had only 
I had not had any cervical exams at this point, and they all got there around 4.30-ish. No, 5.30-ish, and Goldie was born around 7.45, so it really wasn't long after everyone got there. Mm. So um, I had asked her to do a check. I wanted to see, like, where I was and what was going on because the contractions were, like, really strong. And, you know, each time that I murmured, like, I can't do this, or even if I started to say it, you know, I had a room full of people just loving me and supporting me, encouraging me, telling me that I can, that I'm doing amazing, that she's coming. You know, it was just... It was peaceful. It was quiet when I needed it to be quiet. You know, we talked if I wanted to talk, but it was just everything that I had wanted was happening right here in this moment. And so she checked me, and to my surprise, I was 10 centimeters. I was completely dilated, and she didn't feel a bulging bag of water. So, you know, we either thought Goldie would be born on cow or, or, you know, the water would break. And so she said, you know, if you feel the urge to push, you can. If not, just, you know, she's doing great. Just continue to let her bear, you know, just continue to let her labor down. And okay. Um, and so we just continued to labor. But then I felt like this really big pop. And oh. I was like, my water, my water just broke. Mm. And that's all that I said. Like, I had been so fascinated and stuck up on, like, my water breaking that I thought that I would have been like, woo, the water broke. And I was just like, my water broke. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> you know, it looks great. It's clear. Um, we had music playing in the background, too, and had affirmations all over the living room. Mm. Um, and so Erica just kind of like, you know, counseled me. She was like, okay, mama, you know, you might feel some, you might feel more pressure. You are going to feel more pressure here soon. And that's normal. And that's your baby. You know, she's going to be coming. And, um, this was a moment like during my birth that I'll never forget. And I don't think that, like I said, any of this out loud, I may have said it out loud. I don't remember, but in my previous births, I never really got, um, I didn't feel like super connected to my baby during my labor and my birth. Like I right. felt like I was, you know, I felt like I was just kind of like advocating or trying to get people to not do things or to do things or to leave me alone. Like it was never just like me and my baby. And in this moment, I knew, like, I knew birth was near, and I just, like, it, I honestly felt like nobody else was in the room, that it was just me, and it was just Goldie, and I talked to her, and she was talking back to me, and I just said, baby girl, we're going to work together, we're going to work really hard, mm. and mommy's going to meet you soon, Ugh. and nothing else mattered, Yeah, and and. I knew other people were in the room, but, and like I said, I don't know if I said that out loud, I really don't know, but, um, and it was like within seconds, I felt like the bear, I felt the urge to push and I felt uh, myself bearing down. And so I had been kind of leaned over the tub the whole time, like, like my, my hands and my husband's hands and like kind of on my knees. And when it was just, it was amazing how awesome our bodies are and how they just know what to do. And without even like planning in my mind, I was going to do this. I got into kind of like a half squat, half lunge position, um, one leg up and like one leg out. And I just began to push Mm. and I could feel her coming. I knew she was coming, but I guess one thing that I did, I started to kind of like raise my butt up out of the water. And I remember the assistant midwife and I carry this into the birth that I attend now. Like she was just like, you have to decide whether you want to have her in the water or out of the water. Uh, but we can't be right. 
you know, we can't be right here in between. Right. Like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> so I, I did, I kind of like sunk my butt back down into the water, which also probably helped with positioning mm. and um, realized that I kind of had to like focus more to keep my bottom down. And so I just, I pushed and I felt, I was like, I, I remember I said, like, her head has to be out. And Eric was like, it's not quite, not quite yet. And so with the next push, she, I felt like her half crowning. Um, she wasn't completely crowned, but for the first time ever, I felt the ring of fire. Um, I'd never felt that before. I had an epidural with Silas and then Jensen just birthed himself. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what women talk about. And this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and it was kind of like the it was like the weirdest sensation. Um, and I'm sure painful, but like painful wasn't like in the moment what I was feeling as much as like a very odd sensation of my baby's head being half born and half not. And so, you know, I was breathing through that while she was like half crowning. But and again, this is like an internal conversation that I had with myself mm-hmm. um, that I knew I was going to meet my baby on my next contraction. I didn't tell anybody this, but I knew like I was I was pushing her out like she was coming out and this was going to be over. And literally like five minutes before this, my middle son, Jensen, woke up. So he woke up within like 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes of her being born. And my sister was in the living room, even though she said she didn't want to be there. There would be times during my labor, like I would see her out of the corner of my eye, like standing at the doorway, because I don't care who you are, birth draws you in. And, you know, it sucks (laughs) you in and you're just, you're there, whether you thought you wanted to be or not. So she went and comforted him. But I, I, I made up my mind, like, I was going to meet my daughter. And so everyone was kind of in the room but not really expecting her to come that quickly. So I had the next contraction, and I pushed. And the next thing I knew, she was being slid up through my legs, and I grabbed her up out of the water. And my husband was the first one to see her, and he was surprised, too. And he was like, she's here! Aww. And everyone was like, what? And everyone cheered and cried, Aww. and everyone knew she was coming, but no one knew she was coming like that fast right. other than me. Um, and so, yeah, it was just emotional. I got my baby, and I got to hold her and to cry. She was crying. She was perfect. She was cheesy. She was my first Vernix baby. I'd never had a baby covered like in Vernix like she was. Um, and even in her pictures, like she looks white almost, but it's Vernix. Um, and yeah, she transitioned perfectly. It couldn't have went any better. My oldest son, Silas, woke up like maybe a minute after she was born. So it all came like full circle, everything that I wanted. Like she was here, her brothers just woke up, and everything was perfect. And so it was just the most amazing moment and experience ever Mm. um and I stayed in the tub and we nursed and I did get up out to deliver the placenta um because I was super uncomfortable in the tub and I needed to stand up and it came out just fine I got onto the couch we all ordered breakfast and when it was time to cut the cord which we waited for the whole thing and um my five-year-old which he was at the time, three or four at the time, um, him and my husband actually cut the cord. And we have some really awesome pictures of that. And he was just in love from the moment that she was born. He has always been the best, best big brother ever. Um, so it was just perfect. It honestly could not have went any better than, than it did. So, oh, yeah, that's, that's Goldie's birth story. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. What a magical blessing and just experience. And 
gosh, and now where you are currently working with Erica, yeah. your midwife, to do the same for other families. That's amazing. Yeah, and I, I can I share, like, briefly about that? I know we went way over on time. <laughs> please, or, please. Okay, I will make, I will try to make this quick, but it's such an awesome story and an amazing journey that I have to share a little bit of it now. So I am a stay-at-home mom, but I am currently working as a midwife assistant and attending births as an assistant, and newly, and it's like kind of humbling or whatever, just to say, um, a midwife student. So I am going to mm. begin to study in midwifery slowly but surely. Um, so Erica was my midwife. I loved her. I grieved the process of of, um, of not seeing her anymore. Mm. You know, I had my postpartum visits and all of that. Nursing went fine with Goldie. It went fine. She had a tongue tie. We had that revised. Um, postpartum's a little tricky for me. I always go through um, a little bit of postpartum depression. Um, this time was a little bit more so than the other, and we just had to have that discussion at two weeks. She gave me a big hug. She loved me. I cried, and everything, you know, was fine. Yeah. That's what I needed. Um, so, but I still was like, I have to figure out a way to keep Erica in my life. Like, I have to. There has to be a way that I can still see her and be a part of her life. So, um, two of my friends from church were having home births as well. And Erica was going to be the assistant at one of them. And it was my friend who I've attended her birth in the past as well. And I was going to be there as like a doula or just a friend. So I knew I'd be in that space with her. And, and so that came, that birth came and I got to see her then. And I, and so I was really, really happy. And that just affirmed in me, like, man, I would really love to do birth work with Erica somehow, but I still never said anything, um, because I just wanted, if it was going to happen, I wanted it to happen. And I'd been in a lot of prayer about it. And I was one, and I, I was one who used to blindly say, um, and I think a lot of us do this, who who don't really understand and don't mean any harm by it. But I used to say, I want to be a midwife. I'm going to be a midwife. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a midwife. And I used to say this. So um, I got to attend that birth with um, Erica and the other midwife who was there as well. And that was on a... It was on a Friday, I think, a Thursday or a Friday, maybe getting that wrong. But there was just a weekend in between these two events. And so another friend of ours from church was having a home birth with another midwife, not Erica. And we weren't really, they weren't sure who was going to be the assistant, I don't think. And this midwife um, was out of town for a little bit and Erica was on backup. So I knew there was a chance that Erica might be doing it. So on a Monday or it might have been a Tuesday, this mother just texted me out of nowhere and said, um, it just said Kayla. It just said my name. And I was like, oh, no, something's wrong. Like, something's going on. And I said, yes, are you okay? And she said, I've been in labor since noon, and I can't get a hold of my midwife. And I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit. How far are your contractions? Has your water broke? Um, how are you doing? And, you know, we had this conversation. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get a hold of someone for you. And I actually had her midwife's number as well. Her midwife was the assistant at my birth. So I called her and called her, and she didn't answer. And so I blew. I called Erica, and she didn't answer. And I texted Erica, and I was like, please answer your phone. Please answer your phone. So I, she, I called her back, and she answered. And I was like, I know this is not your problem. This is not your client. But um, this mother is in labor, and she cannot get a hold of her midwife. And I don't know what else to do, so I just called you. <laughs> and she was like, okay, all right. And um, so she tried to get a hold of the midwife as well and try to make it a little bit shorter. It ended up, Erica was like, I'm going to go to the birth. I can't leave a birthing mother alone. Like, 
with no one coming. Right. And so, you know, so she's like, I'm going to go, but you need to please let her know that it will, she was at, she was in town with her family. And so she has a family, she has five children and a husband. And wow. she was like, it's going to be at least, at least an hour before I can get there. And I, and she was like, so you need to have that conversation with them that, they either need to make the decision of going to the hospital mm-hmm. or being okay with it's going to take me this long to get there and there's a possibility that their baby could come before I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, okay, and we, I called this family back and we were like, we were friends. I've known them for quite some time and I have this conversation with them and they were like, no, we're fine. We're not going to the hospital. We'll be fine. And her water had not broke at this point. I said, okay, so we'll just stay in contact. I let them know Erica was coming and, um, and then, like, I think maybe 10 or 15 minutes went by, and the dad called me back, and he was like, um, is there any way that you could come? <laughs> Her water broke. And I was like, well, I I don't know. Let me let me see, because, I mean, Goldie was just a couple months old, and, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to, if I would be able to or not be able to. And so... Um, so I had just texted Erica. I said, Her water broke, and, you know, things are picking up. And, I thank you for doing this. If there's anything that I could do, or if, I don't know what I could do to help, but if there's anything I, anything I could do, please just let me know. And she responded back, and I'll never forget it. She was like, well, I actually could just use a second pair of hands. If there's any way that you could come, that would be amazing. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I will absolutely come. I will be there. I have no idea what you want me to do, but I will be there. And so we worked it out to where I was able to go, and I actually got there first. And Erica got there shortly after. The birth was beautiful. It went amazingly. The midwife, um, the mother's midwife came maybe 10 minutes or so before the baby was born. And um, but everything just flowed. Like Erica and I in the birth space, it was just amazing. And she wasn't looking for an assistant, and I wasn't sure what I was or wasn't looking for. But it was just amazing, and after the birth, we kind of, we just looked at each other and just gave each other a really big hug, and she was like, I think that I need you, and I was like, I need you, <laughs> you know, mm. and so it just, like, from that moment forward, she was like, let's get you some books, let's, you know, get you studying and get yeah. you some knowledge, and um, so, yeah, from that moment forward, uh, I started working on, so to be a midwife assistant, you have to be um, certified in CPR and neonatal resuscitation, so mm-hmm. I was working on that, and I started attending births with her as um, a third, just as an observer, um, so there was her, another midwife as an assistant, and then me being just being there as a third to learn as much as I could without having like hands on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had Goldie as a baby too. So Goldie attended birth with me. (laughs) I know it was awesome. And I, and I, and it didn't work out all of the time. And because Goldie is just, she's amazing and she's a firecracker and she was just a high needs baby and really didn't want to be put down much, um, which is, you know, fine. But so I had this, this is an amazing part of the story too, that I can't leave out. So many people have already come together in my village and in my community to help me um, to help me be able to pursue this passion and this mm. desire and this journey. Mm. I have a friend, and this is the friend who I've attended her birth when I was at her home birth. So we had babies two months apart that when I couldn't take Goldie, she would meet me in the middle of the night or whatever it was, and she would actually nurse Goldie for me and take care of 
take care of her for me while I attended birth. Mm. And if it wouldn't have been for her, I wouldn't have been able to do that first year of, of what I did for birth, you know, mm. and it came a time that, you know, Goldie would no longer do that. And she did start coming to me with birth, um, you know, later on, but the, that, part of my life and a part of my journey and all of this is something that I'll never forget and I'll never ever, you know, take for granted or be ungrateful for. So yeah, it was a great first year. And so starting in January of 2018, I started attending with Erica as her assistant. Okay. And I've been doing that, yeah, for the past year. And then it's just kind of slowly, you know, moving into the, um, being an assistant and also I'm going to start being a student, like a midwifery student mm-hmm. to hopefully one day make my um, journey and goal. My goal is to really do missionary midwifery work. That's mm. my heart. Um, that's something that I really have a pull towards. So yeah, it's wow. all just been this really amazing um, path and journey and how it all has happened has just really reassured me that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I used to say blindly that I want to be a midwife, but I was greatly humbled mm. by what it, when I, once I learned what a midwife was and what it entailed and how skilled and knowledgeable and amazing they were, I stopped saying I wanted to be a midwife. So I just like, like literally in the past three months decided, you know, I do. Um, it's okay for me to say that now. I know what it means. I want to respect the process. I always want, um, to be humble about it. So for like a long time, I wouldn't even say that anymore because mm-hmm. after I realized like what that was, I was just so humbled and I had great respect for it. I was like, I'm not saying that I want to be a midwife. You know, I don't know if I want to be a midwife. They are in a league of their own and they're amazing. I don't know if I can do that. Um, and I was just being honest with myself about all of that. So I just knew I wanted to be in birth work and I was mm-hmm. comfortable with wherever, the, like wherever I fit in with that. So yeah, it's just, I've just been open to it and then just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. And it's just, like I said, it's just kind of naturally progressing to where it is now. Yeah. Wow. 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 Kayla, I, um, first of all, I want to thank you. And then I want to wrap up by quoting you, if that's okay, because when we were corresponding before your interview, um, you shared something that I just thought was really powerful and I just think rounds out everything that you shared. Um, You say that birth is so big and I'm so small and I'm honored to learn, to grow, and to be allowed into these sacred, beautiful, and most intimate times of one's life. I like... That is such a powerful yeah. statement, and I feel like you yeah. do that, you are doing that, and then you did that today, you know, by sharing your own story and then by sharing how you're continuing on in your your calling, your passion for birth work. I just feel like that encapsulates so much of the emotion, so much of the energy of what you've shared today, and I just appreciate you um, so, so much. So thank you for being on the show. Okay. Thank you for being in this space and doing what you do for your community and beyond. You're awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I know I talked a lot, so <laughs> but thank you for having me. And I forgot that quote. I'm actually really happy that you that you read that. I yeah, you got to use that. That's going to be uh, in your book in the down. future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. you're awesome, Kayla. Thanks. Thank you very much. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.